0: for rocking with us check it check it julie kick off the show
1: welcome to crazy and the king
0: week number two week number wait actually we should probably do it the right way portugal week number two not just any other week (laughs) number two portugal week number two how are you
1: i am wonderful we are figuring it out we're um making it happen and kind of getting into a good routine how are you my friend
0: I'm good, you know it's it really is exciting when you can when you can do it that way and continue to still be productive, you can reach out to your team, you know as you are over there, you know who I keep thinking about right now. I keep thinking about our dear friend Kay Fabella and how she uh has lived abroad now. I believe it's a decade if I'm not mistaken. she's running up on some years and still supporting all of her clients that she has. Here in the US. So once again, uh week number two, I'm happy for you. Happy for the Chad. Is it the Chad? Is that like the Chad?
1: The Chad, Chadley. The Chad. mostly the Chad. Chad and Chadley. yeah.
0: You know, I never knew I never knew that folks called him Chad Lee. So like C H A D L Y?
1: Yeah, he's literally giving me side-eye right now. <laughs> no, oh. it actually funny joke name that came out of a trip we took to Nashville and uh, it just kind of stuck.
0: <laughs> Going down there uh, in a couple of weeks. So let me see if I can uncover the person who gave him the name Chadley. I'll take care of that for him. Let him know. Deal. Let's get into it.
1: Yeah. So last week, just uh, two seconds on this, we talked about obviously ch- child care as a, an employee benefit, as a strategic need from a, a government infrastructure perspective. This week, I got an email from DoorDash. You know DoorDash, the um, the food delivery service, right? So DoorDash is now offering their service as an employee benefit. And good, bad, or indifferent, I just thought it definitely shows our audience how in a still current pandemic and post-pandemic world, benefits are changing. Companies are seizing opportunities based on a more distributed work culture. So That's an interesting little intel from DoorDash.
0: I wonder who actually thought of that. I wonder if it was an organization that went to DoorDash and said, we want to enroll and include you in our benefit profile. Or if it was DoorDash themselves being creative on their iteration uh, product service map. and, And they themselves said, you know what, we could probably be of value. Uh, to a number of individuals because, you know, entrepreneurs and whatnot have been long taking advantage of these delivery services because they, they make life a little bit easier. But I love that they've gotten that creative, whether it started internally or externally, that's a good look.
1: Yeah. So another evolution of uh, employee benefits. So uh, our good buddy, Stubbsy, uh, Matt Stubbs, uh, introduced us to our next story. So why don't don't you fill me in here?
0: Yeah. The National Disability Insurance Scheme. I had not been aware of them. I had never heard of them uh, in, in, in the past. But according to their website, their role is to implement implement the National Disability Insurance Scheme which will support a better life for hundreds of thousands of Australians with a significant and permanent disability and their families and careers. And the article was, you know, one that kind of highlighted in part good work, but really a lack of representation. And so here we are as a disability centric organization with no disabled people in leadership or on the board of directors. And that's what the article really focused on. That's a representation issue that should not be overlooked.
1: Yeah, so Christina Ryan, a huge disability and inclusion representative and advocate out of Australia really called this out, um, not only as an example of what the National Disability Insurance Scheme needs to to do better, excuse me, in Australia, but as a, a guide for organizations, um, especially those that are disability focused, to not have disabled people on their executive leadership team and on their board. And she, in fact, says that the use of advisory committees or advisory groups are a sloppy way of admitting that diversity makes executives and boards uncomfortable. After all, having diversity in the room, particularly disability diversity, remains unusual. She finishes and says, it appears the majority of organizations still find it challenging to put the two words, disability and leadership, into the same sentence.
0: Still find it challenging to put the two words, disability and leadership, into the same sentence. Like, that's powerful. That is, I I think they say jewel dropping, like she dropped the jewel. That absolutely is a jewel drop. Finding it challenging, to put the two words disability and leadership into the same sense, I, I gotta tell you something, you know, I'm I'm working on my 2022 keynote. And, and I think I've shared this with you before, Julie, like I have a section in my office where I just throw up a whole bunch of sticky notes, yellow, green, orange. And when I hear things, see things, think of things, I just write them down on a sticky note. I don't ponder it. I just write it down, throw it up on the wall. And so, I've landed on the the title of the keynote is minus the illusion for 2022. Always come up with some dope ass keynotes.
1: You you have some fucking dope ass names of things. I I don't know where you get it.
0: Minus the illusion is the title for 2022. And I am wrestling right now with how to start it with a question and I'm not gonna say it on air because I don't wanna give people uh, a peek into what we're gonna do, but I'm gonna share it with you off mic. This right here, disability and leadership, in the same sentence. I love that. Hey, so Lickin, uh, listen, you were really, really amped up and excited about uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and Chasten. I think that's how you pronounce his name, his husband, Chasten, becoming parents.
1: Yeah, so it's Chaston.
0: Chasten, Got it. Yes. Yeah, so
1: full full transparency. I was sitting in a bar watching um, some World Cup qualifiers and nothing,
0: no, nothing wrong with sitting in a bar. So keep going.
1: Watching some World Cup qualifiers, saw this story and tears started flowing down my face. Right.
0: You stop playing
1: on my life. Chad will verify crying because it just made me so happy and something that like just to add on to it, right? So Secretary Buttigieg is the first Senate-confirmed openly gay cabinet member. His husband, Chastain, has been incredibly transparent about the challenges he went through as a young gay man who was not accepted by his family, homelessness, all kinds of stuff, up to our first openly gay presidential candidate. That's a huge step forward in America, all those steps, right? And then to see them come and not complete, but start their family by welcoming twins Penelope Rose and Joseph August Buttigieg into the family. But as I was sitting here, those are just huge firsts for Americans, right? Huge. Um, and I'm sitting in Portugal and I realize that I am surrounded by gay couples who have families who are just all over the country because here LGBTQ rights and the right to a family is part of their constitution. And so as much as we feel like we're coming forward in the United States, we still have some work to do. And we get to hear from, you know, Pete and and Chaston about their wonderful family just over the moon. Progress is good.
0: Yeah. You know, and before we close it out, I just want to say that, you know, there's a great documentary uh, when you talk about Chaston and, you know, his family life and growing up and being able to be himself to come out to be supported, if you will. Uh, it's a story that is shared by so many individuals across the country across the globe and in so many places so many of those individuals cannot share any of that story and so there's a great documentary on Netflix called Pariah which i would encourage people to watch i peeked it out and i fully 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 support Learning and development in the growth, the journey of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And Pariah was one that I watched because I wanted to submit myself to a different style of of learning, a different experience. And so, let's just close out this piece right here with Secretary Buttigieg talking about each of us as humans and the mistakes we all, mistakes that we all make, and this whole thing around cancel culture.
2: I think part of it's understanding, again, that all of us do or say things we might regret and all of us can do better. You know, when I came out, some of the people who had traded in the most, like, insulting, casual, homophobic humor in the military with me, for example, were among the very first to reach out and say, hey, I got your back uh, and I didn't know this and I hope that I never hurt you. Um, I mean, unsolicited. It was amazing, actually, which is why we gotta get away from this kill switch mentality that we see, you know, you put one foot wrong or you say something inartfully and you get this feedback that's like, you know, I always liked you, but uh, you said this one thing and now you're dead to me forever. You know, Mm -hmm. like this idea that we just sort people into baskets of of good and evil ignores the central fact of human existence, which is that each of us is a basket of good and evil. and the job of politics is to summon the good and and beat back the evil.
0: Awesome, and before we get to our commercial break, like, thank you so much, Secretary Buttigieg, even though it's an old clip, I absolutely appreciated those powerful words. Before we hit our commercial break, uh, let's remember the more than 60% of New Orleans uh, residents that remained without power Uh, as of the beginning of this week. Hopefully it's gotten better, uh, gotten better for them down there, but uh, we cannot take our eye off of the incredible need for so many to try to put their lives back together. And not just down in New Orleans, Julie, but it also happened, you know, while you've been away, I don't know if you saw it, but it happened in New York, New Jersey. And uh, again, the folks still down in Haiti, we're not taking our our thoughts and prayers away from them, and of course, the folks over in Afghanistan. So, real quick commercial break, and then we're gonna really get into a good story, all right? Sounds great.
2: Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you wanna be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement
0: with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between.
2: Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers, to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to
0: financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.
1: All right, so we've been keeping it pretty light this summer, Torn. We've we've been covering great stories, doing a lot of education, a lot of light stories right it's summertime we we want to give that to our listeners there's always a lot of heavy heavy shit going on in our world
0: i'm glad you said said it exactly the way that you said it because as i was you know thinking about our show i was thinking about the show as if we were still in summer and technically i mean we may not have hit the fall date yet i think that's like a couple of weeks from now but technically We're in fall. So it really is time for us to kind of get back to our normal routine and start tackling some of these tough topics. And this is one of them.
1: Yeah. So in May, let me just see if I can set it up. This is one of those like, let's give it a little bit of background first. So in late May, uh, the Texas legislature and subsequent subsequently uh, Governor Greg Abbott from Texas signed into law the most restrictive abortion law in the country. And it basically amounts to a near complete ban on abortion in the state. So it prohibits most abortion after about six weeks of pregnancy. Most women don't know that they're pregnant before that period and makes no exceptions for pregnancies resulting from incest or rape and makes very, very limited exemptions or exceptions for fetal or maternal health. So if a fetus cannot survive outside of the womb, if a woman will die or have a significant impairment if she carries a child to term, but again, very, very narrow interpretation of the law. And a six-week heartbeat rule is not that unusual, or law is not that unusual in terms of other states have passed that. Kentucky, Ohio, I know are just a few around me, but what's different here is twofold, One is that the citizens, not the state, will enforce the law. So let me give you an example. As a private citizen who is pro-life, I can sue someone I know that had an abortion, someone that took a person to get a, a woman to get an abortion, such as an Uber driver, an individual Uber driver, or clinic, hospital, nurse, physician who supported a woman in getting the abortion, even including organizations that give pre-abortion counseling services or emergency pregnancy lines, right? I can do that as a citizen. I can ask for up to 10 or a minimum of $10,000 in damages if an illegal abortion is completed. So we've, we've officially turned Texas citizens into bounty hunters against their own neighbors, if that feels familiar at all. And then the, the next piece that is the next most piece, or critical piece is that in the U.S. government, abortion is a constitutionally protected right for a woman up until basically the viability of a child to live outside of the womb. That's, let's say, 20 to 24 weeks. So most of these heartbeat laws like the one that John Kasich signed in Ohio, they've been granted injunctive relief, which basically means is that the law has not been allowed to take effect until it can work its way through the court system. So just because someone in Texas signed it into law does not allow it to take effect because it has to go through new uh, normal judicial process, especially when you're challenging something that is a constitutional right for women and has been since 1973. In this case, the Supreme Court said, we're not going to provide injunctive relief to citizens of Texas, women of Texas, and we're going to go ahead and allow this law to, to start on 9-1.
0: Let me jump in real quick. So just to kind of roll the tape back real for, for those of you who are listening, and I don't want to speak for Julie, but I'll speak for myself to paraphrase what Julie has said and what I've been able to read and ascertain and understand. I want to paraphrase and I want to parrot a bit. The reason this is so complicated is because they played a very surgical legal game of wording and took the wording and responsibility from the lawmakers and legal professionals and place the decision making in the hands of a normal citizen. And in some way, that normal citizen is not necessarily bound by that same legal construct as the constitution. I know I may be butchering that a little bit, but I wanted to just kind of synthesize that it has been surgically manipulated from a wording standpoint which made it a bit different than those in the past. And I want to hear quickly from Senator Claire McCaskill, former Senator Claire McCaskill, as she lays the blame squarely where that blame should be laid. So let's take a listen to Claire McCaskill.
1: This law that the Supreme Court blessed, uh, and you can try to dress it up and put a, a, a bow on it, but they blessed a law that embraces vigilantism, that embraces the most extreme position. I really think they've they've gone too far, and I will not accept both sides on this. This is one party that is doing this, not both parties. There is This is not the place for, oh, both sides are a problem. No, one side is a problem. I got reelected because of an extreme position on abortion. I believe a lot of Democrats will get elected over this. I think that that nicely sums it up, right? Whether you be pro-life or pro-choice, the question is, should men be legislating women's bodies? And that's the question. And to your point before that even, Justice Sotomayor really in her dissent said, what the court is doing is allowing a bypass of normal judicial process. And that normal judicial process is injunctive relief, appeals and also is cause or standing right and so a person who may sue an uber driver who may sue a a pro or a, a planned parenthood or any of their physicians in this law they don't have to have standing they don't have to be impacted by the person who had an abortion they just have to be aware of it and they can bring cause and that's that's also another problem that clearly we can see from the court deciding to take no action that this is what Justice Sotomayor is is saying is a is a shadow docket, a way in which that we are looking at the end of, of Roe v. Wade and and the overturning of of that constitutionally protected right without without overturning precedent by just letting things happen.
0: Yeah, and Justice Sotomayor, she actually, you know, she went in kind of heavy. Like she she didn't hold any of the vocal artillery. She gave it all downrange as they would say. And what she said was she is calling out her conservative colleagues for all of it. Their breathtaking defiance of constitutional order, their stunning rejection of precedent. And they're flaming cowardice, flaming cowardice. Like she held back nothing in her descent. And again, I, I, I sometimes find myself, I get caught, Julie, in the way that people are so skilled at their delivery of, of putting the story, the narrative together and how they can paint that picture using words so like I can read those words and I can almost envision the anger that she had where she was sitting in her chamber or whether they were on a Zoom conversation I could feel her anger I could see I could visualize her just complete grotesque displeasure at this decision and and when you think about When I think about like our governor here in the state of Maryland, Governor Larry Hogan, staunch Republican, and you have a number of Republicans to include Governor Hogan who have said, nah, this is too far reaching.
1: It it is, it is. And one thing that I find so infuriating, right? And and it seems cliche almost to say it because I hear it so often, but at no point in, in any of these laws does the man who caused the pregnancy, it's a fit, there is not one woman in the history of women who have ever gotten pregnant by themselves, is a man responsible, right? I can't sue the sperm donor in this case. I can't ask for um, child support at six weeks. I can't expect that unless I am able to legally take a man to court, that he would be responsible for this child until after the child is born. And that's the part, right? This is, is this about saving lives or is this about controlling women? There were more than 60,000 school-aged children who've been diagnosed with COVID in the past three weeks in Texas alone. There are about 50,000 abortions every year in the state of Texas. If we are really concerned about kids, we're really concerned about saving lives, we'd have a fucking mask mandate in Texas. We'd have a vaccination mandate. It, it, to me, is a blatant control and minimization of women's rights in this country. And we can't play that it's a pro-life, pro-choice. It is a direct attack on me as a woman, as my daughters of childbearing age, that they don't have the right to decide with any autonomy when they can carry an embryo to term.
0: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, as women that are in legislation uh, in political power, I just feel like women, you know how when uh, babies are born, uh, young uh, baby boys are in many instances, some percentage of instances, they're circumcised. I can guarantee you, if a woman came through and put up legislation Or even if a man came through and put up legislation that said that every baby boy born, not only are they circumcised, if that's an option for you, because that's an option, but that every baby boy has to undergo the surgery of having a vasectomy. And then when it's time, when they are married, when they are ready to have children, they can go back in and do a procedure where they can reverse that. We wouldn't be dealing with some of the issues that we are dealing with, with men regulating women's bodies. Like, just imagine right now being told your son, no matter what, they're getting a vasectomy The rip, like off go, it would change everything. And that's what I think we need to experience. We need to experience. And, and let me just call a spade a spade. The fuckery of many of these legislative policies, they're coming from white men. Oh, yeah. This ain't coming from... You know, black men, and I'm not saying that black men are not against abortion. I am in no way saying that because I know a number of black men that are absolutely against abortion for whatever the reason, not saying that at all. I'm talking about the power having and swaying and using that power over women. These are white men. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that that is noted and on the record.
1: Well, and, and to that exact point, right? is that these are ways that white the white male power structure makes it easier to take rights away from everyone that is not part of the white male power structure, right? We start by attacking women. We start by attacking transgender people. We start by taking away voting rights. All of these things keep the dynamic and the structure of power exactly where they want to keep it concentrated. And that's why in this case, and to your, your point, I think is is that we need Black men to stand with women, and we need LGBTQ people to stand with women and say that this right may not impact me in this exact moment, but it is a slope to more impediments of rights. And if we can see how easily a 45 year precedent, almost a 50 year precedent can be stripped away, then it should remind us all we have a lot of acting to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read uh, a quote, and I think we've said this a couple of times on our podcast. It's by uh, Martin Niemoller, N-I-E-M-O-L-L-E-R, Martin Niemoller, a prominent Lutheran pastor uh, in Germany. First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Real quick, I want to talk about corporations and we don't have to get into all of them, but a number of companies, high profile organizations, companies that we support, companies that we take products and services from. Again, I'm not saying that you boycott these organizations. I just want you to be aware that a number of companies have given to the prominent people behind this legislation in Texas uh, since the legislation. And when we say since, we're talking since May up until now, AT and T, Charter, Berkshire Hathaway, Exelon, here and uh, right here in Baltimore, United Health Group, Union Pacific, Chevron. We're talking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, several hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations to some of the primary sponsors and supporters of this bill. So we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do. Real quick, I want to just uh, before we get out of this story, I want to at least. Talk about two companies that we know are trying to take care of people in this situation. And that would be a reference to Uber and to Lyft.
1: So, well, this is from uh, Logan Green. He, of course, is Lyft's uh, co-founder, CEO Wayne in here about Texas SB8, the state's controversial new abortion law. Uh, Tweeting here, uh, Texas SB8, Logan Green says threatens to punish drivers for getting people where they need to go, especially women exercising their right to choose. He says Lyft has created a driver legal defense fund to cover 100% of legal fees for drivers sued under SBA while driving on our platform. Back to you guys. Good chat. I I think I needed to get that off my chest, but I I wanted to make sure it's front and center so that we uh, can all understand how impactful this new Texas law is, whether we live there or not. And to just further empower and amplify the voices of women, we've got some wonderful women to cover here in Her Voice segment this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to remind each and every one of you, the Her Voice segment was something that Julie and I uh, started in the mid- middle of the summer, because we just really feel like it's important that we amplify the voices of women, make sure we put some shine on the good work, the positive work that they are doing. And this week, I want to focus abroad. I want to focus on incredible women that are outside of the U.S. And so first and foremost, uh, Selma Elwardani. Chief Diversity Officer over at Solutions Driven. She sat down with Daniel Fellows over at Get Optimal uh, to talk shop, to talk about DNI. It's about a fifteen minute listen, and you can catch that over at get-optimal.com. Again, you can listen to episode fifteen, I believe it is season two, episode fifteen at get-optimal.com. Click on the Optimal News. Section. And uh, We Are Tech Women has partnered with leading research firm Ipsos, Mori, and Tech Talent Charter to conduct a survey to discover the barriers faced by women working in technology. Uh, we are tech women. I, they send me an email. I think they say we are the city or something like that. Yeah. We are the city.com. If you visit, we are We are You can find it and be able to share your responses. If I'm not mistaken, the, uh, the period for sharing those responses is closing sometime soon. So make sure you get over there fast. All right. So let's bring the show home. Hey, Julie, you know, I always do this. This week, I want you to do it. Can you read the quote for this week?
1: When we find a purpose that is bigger than ourselves, we become more powerful in our ability to create. Jack DeLosa, founder of Australia's largest and most effective training institution for entrepreneurs called The Entourage.
0: Awesome. 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 And before we get out of here, the how to be an ally summit is fast approaching. Deanna Singh, our dear partner over there, her and her husband and team are putting together this virtual summit. You can still get your passes using our discount code. catkali one Again, the how to be an ally summit uh, by Deanna Singh and her team, the discount code for. I don't know, ten percent off is C A T K Ally one zero. Any closing remarks?
1: Happy to have another week I'm here doing this with you and, and getting this good work done.
0: And I close, reminding each and every one of you to be better humans, share the pod with your digital tribe. Let's build better workplaces, better teams, better departments, better products, better services. Let's have better culture, better product iteration maps, better meetings, better Zoom sessions, better virtual events, better conversations around return to work, just better, 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 better. But in order to get to better, it requires that each of us show up and think a bit differently than we did on yesterday. For now, Jay and I, are
1: ghosts. See ya. Thanks for listening to Crazy and the King podcast. I'm Julie Sowash, your co-host with Torn Ellis. Follow us on social media as Torn Ellis or Julie Sowash and also follow our hashtag Crazy and the King. This episode was produced by my gorgeous husband Chad Sowash and our music is by DJ Sells straight out of Baltimore. You can find Crazy and the King wherever you find your podcasts. Please rate us, and if you like it, share it with a friend. We'll see you soon.
2: Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio? to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions.
1: So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcast.